Hello, hello, and welcome to Along the Way. It's so great sitting with you. I have been trying to record a podcast uh, like this for like three weeks, and I have failed time and time again. I have sat down and, and recorded like kind of a longer podcast, and as soon as I upload it to my Substack, it just says, something's gone wrong or something vague like that, like something's gone wrong or something's not working, something's not right, something like that. And so I, um, yeah, I tried it one week and then, then did that. And I'm like, well, maybe maybe they're just like having having a bad week. <laughs> that's, that's how my brain works. Um, so I tried it again like the next week, same thing happened. Um, so finally I tried to email them and it took them like a week to get back to me. Apparently I was trying to upload with the wrong like file type. So I'm going to try it this time. I think it'll work. But my plan going forward is to record something like this for you like every every Sunday or so, like Sunday evening, send you a uh, proper podcast where I come on and chat a little bit um, about whatever is on my, my heart, on my mind, and then uh, transition into a piece that I've written for you. Maybe it's a poem or a homily or a essay or a bad joke or whatever whatever it might be um, something that I prepared for you um, that's the plan and I hope to stick to it it's been interesting productivity has been has been dwindling a little bit lately you know I was I was on the dailyish publishing schedule for the for quite a while and have you as you've maybe noticed I'm not sure maybe you haven't noticed but I've been doing like two or three posts a week. And that's that just kind of seems right lately. I don't know what it is, uh, but the daily thing just doesn't seem like where I am right now. Um, yeah, I, I for a couple things like for one, like I think I've mentioned on the on the blog before, like I, I really want to sit down and write more intentional pieces, kind of more share more stories and personal thing like personal narratives and and uh, testimonies and things like that. Uh, so kind of longer form stuff for the long, my, my daily ish stuff is mo- was mostly kind of like, kind of like firing off like, like very left brain thoughts or like ideas or things I've learned theologically or spiritually, like kind of just like information almost like a little nugget of insight every day. And I, there's nothing wrong with that. I just, I'm in a place now where I want to, I want to kind of start putting some flesh and blood on, on, on these things. Um, like I've said, I, I've kind of, kind of shifting in from being a fully in student mode where I'm learning, 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 uh, in seminary. I'm in my third year right now out of four. And so I'm at this really interesting place where I want to start kind of turning around and, and applying this stuff to my to my life and just seeing how how things play out you know um, that's where the I think that's where the magic is <laughs> if you will so that's the plan yeah to I, I'm thinking like an essay or a post of some sort during the week and then a, a podcast like this um, on the on the weekend on, on Sunday night that I think that sounds about right. And, you know, you have a lot in your inbox anyway, so I think I think you'll be okay with that. If not, let me know, and I'll see what I can do. However, um, this 
this homily that I want to share with you today is a little bit out. I mean, I, I don't want to say outdated, but it's older because like I said, I wanted to share this with you like three weeks ago during the uh, epiphany season, the, the season of the liturgical season of epiphany, which is kind of like right after Christmas, <clears throat> excuse me. And I, um, I don't know. I, it was kind of fun because we've been doing these vespers, these evening evening prayers here in this little town that I live, I live in. We've a friend of mine have kind of partnered up, and every month or so this winter we've been offering a a little vesper service. Basically, what that is, you know, it's open to anyone. It's not really a church ceremony. It's not like we do like the creed. We don't really say the we don't say the creed. We don't do the confession. We don't do the Eucharist. Nothing like that. Just basically, um, my friend Owen is an amazing opera singer, um, and he he likes to sing. He's really really good at singing liturgical chants and and hymns, which I love dearly. So you know we we kind of put together a program of of songs that he, he sings, and he's this amazing tenor, has a crazy awesome voice. Um, so it's like evening and night, you know, candlelit with with incense and then he sings and then I get up and I talk about God and life a little bit relating to the whatever season it is and this one here was for the epiphany season uh, which is um, so the story here and I'll just kind of jump to the story the story that I shared in this homily is this story of uh, of the three wise men you might have heard that story like the three wise men um, that's basically it is let me find the uh yeah matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 so if you want to like pause this podcast and go ahead and read that if you'd like feel free you might know it by heart or have it in your heart at least so either way this this should make this should make sense but if you want to read it you can but yeah it's the story of the three kings you know um the the star of bethlehem and all that so that's that's what this homily is based on. And what's great about these vespers that we do here <clears throat> is that like some it's it's a very it's a very diverse, well at least for this area, which is a very rural northern California area, but it's a very diverse crowd. Like um we have agnostics and kind of maybe atheists. We have kind of hardcore Roman Catholics. We have Assembly of God people. We have uh kind of deconstructed Christians. We, you know, so a lot of different camps and like politically left, politically right, middle, all over the board have been showing up to these things. And, and it's, so it's been great for me, um, for me preaching because it's not like a churchy crowd. I mean, some people are very churched in this crowd, but I definitely like to, I like to speak directly to those who maybe have never been to church. That's, I, I think that may be one of my gifts. So that's, that's what I'm doing here. So, um, yeah, that's the, that's the disclaimer or the, the framing of this homily. So I will, uh, jump in here. So let me take a breath, take a sip of coffee here. One sec. Ah, okay. So another title for the story is, is the three wise men. So three Kings or three wise men. And the first thing I find interesting about this is that these mystics from the East weren't kings, nor does it say anything about them being wise men. See, this is where all that boring Greek they make us learn in seminary pays off. 
the Greek word used here is magoi, which translates to magi. You may maybe you've heard of this, the magi. Well, this, the magi were Zoroastrian priests. We might even call them pagans in our culture today. Now, maybe they earn the title wise because of their skills in interpreting dreams and understanding astrology. They were scholars of their day and had access to the Persian emperor. Zoroastrianism is one of the oldest religions in the world. It actually predates Islam and is still active in Iran today. The, the primary prophet for Zoroastrianism is Zoroaster. And Zoroaster predicted that other divinely appointed prophets would be conceived as history unfolded. Zoroastrian priests, like the Magi, believed they could foretell these miraculous births by reading the stars. I have a dear friend who is deeply into astrology. I have several, actually. But this one in particular I'm talking about, I'm thinking about right now is um, she's an amazing woman and she's a fantastic mom and a, and a gift really to her community. She's been through a ton in her life and has overcome so much. Well, she's told me that astrology has given her the grace for who she was born to be and that it helps her understand that all is unfolding as it should. She texted me a little while ago and asked me a very honest and vulnerable question. She asked me if being into astrology was at odds with my Christian faith. She wanted to know if the two were in opposition. Well, what resulted was a long and kind of arduous text conversation that I won't belabor you with now, because simple yes-no answers to these kinds of amazing questions never do them justice. But I'll just say that, yes, Christians and astrologers have thrown stones at each other for a long time. But all I have to do is look at this passage from Matthew to wonder why. I mean, sure, it's easy to fall into idolatry in astrology, just as it is with wealth, with personal development, with parenting, partisan politics, yoga, health and fitness, or... Yes, Christianity. I've met plenty of Christians who seem to idolize a punitive and damning God who Jesus came to disprove. See, it's not that God damns us for our our idolatry. It's more that we damn ourselves by making up a tyrannical God who isn't even there. And I would say anyone can fall prey to this. I mean, any religion or non-religion, whatever. But back to the story. The Magi were astrologers. They'd been mapping the stars for 2,000 years before Jesus was even born. Astrology is no New Age hippy-dippy thing. Humans have been finding meaning from studying the stars for a very long time. The way I see it, it's all a part of God. I believe or confess that I, as a Christian, have lost touch with my human heritage of seeing God in the natural world. I don't know what the rhythms of the planets are. I don't know how to read moon cycles. Why does this stuff come off as being anti-Christian? I find myself so busy trying to find God in my heady Western concepts and legalistic rules 
that I fail to, like the Magi, see God in the miraculous world under my feet and across the night sky. When the Magi arrive, they meet the so-called king, the sheriff in town, the puppet king installed by the religious authorities, Herod. When Herod hears about this newborn king, as the Magi call him, he tells the Magi to report back to him as to the whereabouts of this newborn king so he can <clears throat> pay him homage. Now, if you keep reading Matthew's story, it turns out that Herod wanted to kill Jesus. When the Magi end up not coming back to Herod to give him Jesus' location, Herod orders every child ages two and under to be killed. See, Herod, the so-called king, lives from a place of total fear. For it is only fear that can cause such violence. Herod even killed two of his own sons because he was so afraid of losing his so-called power to them. It is fear that grasps for worldly power. Power over others instead of power with others. It is fear that can't stand to fathom losing the throne. Because this, so, this kind of so-called power only exists in opposition to others. It's scarce, limited. It must be managed. I want to contrast this worldly fear of the so-called king to the faith of the Magi who are open to God's epiphany as it was revealed to them through the stars in the sky. In other words, I want to hold up how incredible it is that the Magi fearlessly followed God's epiphany through a strange land to such an unlikely rundown shack. This story shows me that God uses all things and people, from the stars in the sky to the mystic pagan astrologers, to show us who God really is, and, as with Herod, who God really is not. And as they follow their epiphany, this epiphany, they see clearly that God is not Herod. Rather, they see God in the eyes of a child born of a peasant woman in an unconventional marriage. In this child, they see the love that they were created in as it gazes back at them. The love that we all are created in is here, in Jesus. And as the scripture says, the Magi were overwhelmed with joy. See, this story shows me that God is found not in the things that we humans usually deem to be powerful and magnificent. God is not found in the eyes of a fearful small man on a throne. God is found in the humblest of places. God is in the mundane. God is found in the things of this earth, in the vanilla glow of daybreak and the stars of the night sky over the Sierra Valley. By the way, if you can't see God in the stars here in the Sierra Valley, it might be really hard to find God in the Bible. I'm just saying. In closing, I give you this blessing. May your path be well lit by the stars above. May your life be guided by a series of endless epiphanies. May you be drawn into the astonishment 
of the love that your life is made out of. When an epiphany such as this hits your heart, may you, like the Magi, go back home by another way. May your feet be guided away from the powers and principalities of this world that seek to tear down and destroy in order to maintain their fragile authority. And may you find your way home, back to your original blessedness, for you are made out of stardust. You are the handiwork of the divine, and in you she is well pleased. Amen. Thank you so much for listening. That about does it for this week. Um, now we'll continue to our Lenten journey. Uh, we are we are in Lent now. <laughs> uh, but thank you for allowing me to detour back to this epiphany message. I kind of promised a few people I would share this out and apologize. It's taken me so long, but you know, apparently I'm in midlife and I can't figure out technology. So I guess that's just where I am. So <laughs> anyway, thank you so much. I'll let you go now. Have a great uh, rest of your, well, have a great kickoff to the week. I guess it's Sunday night by the time I share this out. So until next time, dear friends, grace and Godspeed. <laughs>